was thinking about what you said about um, not being allowed to do mass in not a church, and that's not true because in the Bible it says where two or more are gathered in my name, I am there, and that's church. So this is church. <laughs> we are not here in the name of God. We're here in the name of Pod. And I want to die. Pod save America. I want to die. Pod save the queens. <laughs> We're renaming our show Pod Save the Queens. No, I'm pretty sure that one. This is no, something we I can mean, talk about. Yeah, that's true. This is cooking. Welcome to welcome to get baked. Welcome to gastronomy with, welcome with to dirt cake. <laughs> It has to be called getting baked, because I am vaping the entire time you're talking. Baking a dirt cake. I love that for you. I love- anyway. Hello. Sorry, let me try that again one more time. Okay, can we- so what is the- what is the intro? It's usually just us telling a dumb story. And then I say- And then the music slowly fades in. And then it fades out. Usually they put a really dramatic part of the music, so they're right here in the My name is Dirt. I'm Moxie. And we are joined once again by our very special favorite guest. Oh no, she's officially our third mic now. We, oh. we decided this while you were gone. Oh cool, I've been outvoted, so. I've been outvoted by the member that you just added by this vote. Moxie yeah. clearly owns 51% own of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was also thinking in my my ugly, stupid brain that if we're never going to have merch in our lives because we're never going to be famous. Yeah, this but podcast if, is going to get six more episodes and then we're going to go through a crisis again and never record it. But if it did, it would just be two speech bubble enamel pins and one says, eat shit, trot, and the other one says, <laughs> shut up, tanky. And vagina folks. And then there's a patch that says vagina folks. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's try that back. again. <laughs> No, that we're was just, perfect. We're using that was perfect. That. That's okay. Perfect. Yeah, cake is back in the kitchen. Bonjour. Bonjour. We have cake in the kitchen once again. How have you been? <sighs> yeah, I feel like I haven't talked to you since coronation. I've been doing okay. It's been a it's been a fun pride. It's been a fun coronation. I'm uh, clinging to life. Well, I mean, I don't know between. Now and uh, mixed queer, not mixed queer. Sorry, um, the two hundred step two, down. Miss two, uh, miss two hundred club two hundred step down. Uh, do you have anything huge besides my attitude problem? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what we had to talk about. Munt is canceled. You absolute fucks. Whoever brought up Munt can suck my bussy because it was me and I yeah. and I said it to Ruby and Ruby really liked it yeah and Ruby <laughs> ran with it Ruby chopsticks Ruby this chopsticks you can't up. say munt anymore you can't say munt anymore can I say what you guys found it to be on Urban Dictionary yes please do. on Urban Dictionary it appears to like be you to would you like to read it I would like you to read I wouldn't, it directly from but I will um one I, second as I open it up I love how we're opening with this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like you really gotta hook the audience with the juicy stuff first, and then they stick around for the court politics. 
I love that. Ooh, someone's getting rowdy outside. Um, oh my god. Oh my also, so earlier, uh, out, seemingly out of nowhere, we could just hear, um... Like some fucking disco music. No, it was I'm Blue by Eiffel whatever. Was it Eiffel 65. It was Eiffel 65's I'm Blue, and I was losing my mind on the balcony. <laughs> Yeah, and then the people on the sidewalk were laughing at you while I wondered if we were having a shared hallucination. (laughs) Because they apparently couldn't. (laughs) Okay, so two months on Urban Dictionary, the most trustworthy news site. Um, This is the preferred... To month, to go month. Better than CNN, am I right? Uh, You know, in this day and age, you get our news from comedy. And comedy, that's the news, baby. (laughs) No, it's all the news, and I still want to kill myself. Okay. Mother, they're, yeah. sugar-co- Billy and Timmy. they're sugarcoating the truth for me. To munt <laughs> is to go munting. Billy and Timmy went to the graveyard, dug up a corpse. Billy put his mouth at the corpse's rotting vagina, and Timmy jumped on her stomach so that all her bodily juices flowed out into Billy's eager mouth. What did we just do? We went munting, or we munted, which is a variant of the verb to munt. Munt is cancelled. <laughs> That's so fucking gross. I've heard worse. I have, but that's so gross still. It's you know what's bad. funny, though, is that I, I knew about this, and then I said it, and I was like, wait, what does that mean again? And then I was like, and then I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Is that a, I assume that this is just like some fucking 12-year-old on an Urban Dictionary who just wrote that for fun. The thing is, I think I heard this years and years and years ago. Okay. So this has been well, around someone for Someone who while. used to be twelve, who was on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> um, I'm actually the twelve-year-old that authored this page. <laughs> I would like my royalties. Thank you. I would like all of the zero dollars that I owed. I would like the ad uh, revenue the audacity from the that I have to page. The audacity that I have to podcast with my shirt on in this day and age. I'm sweaty and I have a scab, and I want it to be free. I mean, You're sweaty and you are a scab. I'm not anymore. <laughs> okay, what have no, we got to talk about these days, lads? Um, not you know, Drag Race, which is awesome. Yeah. Thank God it's not on the air. Oh, so here's the thing. So we're going to talk about Berlin, spoiler alert, because that's the only thing I want to talk about. What do you mean, spoiler alert? It happened four days ago and you were the only one who was going to be surprised by the experience because you were the one who was there. (laughs) But um, while I was in Berlin, I couldn't tell if this was a joke or not, but two of the hosts were talking about um, this potential new sort of drag race offshoot, not a part of the RuPaul property that was going to be coming to Germany, but the the judge was going to be Heidi Klum, (laughs) who I don't think is even German. (laughs) I am Heidi Klum and this is Project Runway! Oh my god. Did they, okay, did they, did they say people. Heidi Klum, or did they say Heidi Gloom? They said Heidi Klum, um, and the <laughs> best part was that afterwards was two, two drag queens, Rosetta Brown and uh, Lucifer, did a number where Rosetta Brown was Heidi Klum, and Lucifer was uh, competing on her drag show, and every time it would cut, and she said, Hello, I'm Heidi Klum. <laughs> and the winner is me, Heidi Klum. <laughs> The face I'm making is even worse than the noise. Yeah, it's so um, bad. But yeah, that was insane uh, to hear about. Like, uh, it, and it's real. It's like I just looked it up. It is a real thing that got a lot of backlash when it was announced. Um, 
I'm just thinking of like on a scale of you look nothing like a drag queen to you look like a drag queen. There are so many celebrities who are closer to drag queen and Heidi Klum is at the opposite end. She just looks like a woman. Yeah, it's called Queen of Drags and it will premiere at the end of the year. So Queen let's... of Drags. Queen of Drags. I, hello, I'm Queen of Drags. Um, so I stepped off the plane in Berlin and walked about... Um, and I got on a bus, and then I, about 20 minutes after I got off the bus, I was immediately hit with Dear Funky Beats. So, the truth... It, my boys. My the boys truth is out home. there. The truth is out there, and the truth is Dear Funky Beats. Yeah. Um, Berlin is a very fascinating city, or at least I was in the Kreuzberg area, which is this kind of like hipstery arts district. Um, there's a lot of hostels, and there's the Festival Kreuzberg, which is where the actual Berlin Bushwick Festival happened. Um... It's incredibly hot in Berlin in the summer, so a lot of the shops just have, like, completely, no, not even glass pane, like, windows. Mm. So you can actually just, like, kind of see outside and, and hear the street, and it's very nice. Incredibly robust public transit <clears throat> system. Very run-down, old-looking buildings, but, like, very well-maintained infrastructure, mm-hmm. um, which is a very fascinating mix. And it also means you can walk around the city, which was great, because I was six minutes away from the venue. Um, I was there, I think, from about three o'clock until... Uh, 1 a.m. There was drag from about 5 p.m. until 1 a.m. No, probably till 2, actually. There was drag that continued after I left. And it was insane. Nice. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, How was your number? My number, uh, it could have been better, but I, it was really, really cool to be there. There was a very amazing artist there called Susan Suzanne Forbes who was doing live sketching of a lot of the performers. I was five feet with, of, within five feet of Hungary. Um, a lot of people who were hosting were either Brooklyn natives or people who are well established with Bushwick. Um, there's also a very cool Scottish drag queen called Giza Polk who was there, who was very funny. Um, and there was, uh, two very funny queens, um, Cheryl off, off, off Broadway and Olympia Bukakis who were, made a great hosting pair and they do a show in Berlin, I think as well. Um, the really amazing thing that I found about it was that it was probably one of the most accepting and diverse drag experiences I've ever seen. I was a little worried that it was going to be a lot of, like, um, a lot of people who were just, like, insanely good voguers and very, like, beautiful paints, and that I was going to feel very out of place, but, like, there were probably almost more bearded queens than there were freshly shaven queens. Like, there was a wide variety of performers. And uh, Giza especially made it a very strict point of reminding people pride was a protest, not a party. Yeah. We are here to celebrate all sorts of, like, all kinds of people. <clears throat> and they made it a point to always say ladies and gentlemen's. <laughs> so yeah, it was a really fascinating experience. Um, I don't want to go too much too into detail since my co-hosts here don't really have too much to talk about. They're both just making the Rose Mortel Jupiter Velvet face. I did pause up, too. Yeah, we also both did pause up. It kind of went from, like, Sharon into Peppermint into Rose. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, we were kind of just... We were vibing. Yeah. I got stuck in um, New York for a couple of hours and then ended up in Ottawa and then finally made it home on Tuesday. And then uh, work told me I'd missed two days of work. And I was like, no, I cleared this. And they were like, well, we'll look into it. <laughs> I lost all my points on Super Punch. What's Super Punch? It's the app that they use to keep you on track and make sure that you do all your shifts on time. And they send you, if you don't turn off notifications, they send you a message every night being your next shift starts at this time. And then 10 minutes before your shift, they remind you. And then they remind you 10 minutes before your lunch break ends that your lunch break is ending soon. That's so gross. It's so awful. That's I so hate awful. it so much. Well, it's like my, my, my boss just signed up for this thing. It's called Open Simpson. 
and it's basically like <clears throat> it's a scheduling app, and so like. I love Slack. Yeah. So basically, like well, no, he uploads not. the schedule onto that, mm-hmm. and then all of our phone numbers are like hooked up to that. So then essentially, we can actually chat with each other on it. Like we mm-hmm. can send like direct messages to our other employees. Yeah. You can see who you're working with. You, mm-hmm. It tells you when your shifts are. You can even put your time re- off requests right through that. Yeah. It's cool, but it's very different though because like then all of a sudden there's a group chat on it. Like my my boss will like send a message to all of us. Oh yeah. And then people start replying to that, and so I'm getting everybody's fucking. Yeah. So I we have home base at work, which is like a really similar thing, but and there is a chat function, but we're only supposed to use it to say like to tell our manager like if we're gonna be late or if we have to call in sick, we can just text in instead of actually phoning. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also like book all your time off requests. But we ha- we are under no obligation to check it when we're not at work because yeah. our job's not that important. My workplace uses Google Hangouts for that kind of thing and yeah. our TCs and TLs will like actively chat in them and it's like you guys know you're forcing us into like really strict uh, work schedules, right? Stop distracting me by asking if I want to do a team barbecue because I don't. <laughs> no, you always want to do those things because you just get free food. No, I have to pay $10. <laughs> oh, that's stupid. My boss buys us lunch every month there's 11 of us and he is one person like a corporation can buy their employees free lunch hell yeah um but not this corporation which i will not name on air for um legal reasons okay i about peed my pants when like i was listening to the last episode and that part about sending a gift to rupaul (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna a bomb base. <laughs> it's just like I was so like the timing. I really applaud. I really applaud your your comedic timing. I really never did. before have I found myself so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, that is really saying something. Okay, speaking of um, speaking of re-listening to other episodes and finding things funny or maybe not so funny, you had some qualms about the way we described the court system. Oh, sure did. Um, where, where, <laughs> oh my god! Cake is sitting um, hey Karen. with like hands interlaced in front of a notebook. Another where shall we start? Binder. Sorry, I in front of my salad. In front of my crepes. This is just my little. What was the most, this is my little drag binder. What was the most offensive thing that we got wrong? Um, the Imperial and Sovereign Court of the Snowy Owl Monarchist <laughs> Society. That, that, that wasn't me though. Oh, that, that was, was me, and I'm just. That was dirt. Here's the thing. Um, my brain has rotted from growing up bilingual and trying to learn the third language so that, like, I can't say words good. Here's the thing. I'm not even going to rag on you. I'm, I'm not going to rag on you too hard about that because I'm going to give you an out because it is very confusing, actually. It's the Snowy Owl Monarchist Society, which is a branch of the Imperial Court System. So. Okay. So, okay, wait, hold on. I want to try. I want to see if I know this. So Get closer to the microphone has, so we can hear you fucking yeah, moron. Fuck off. I'm getting water. I'm sweaty. Can I have some too? No. Water break. <laughs> Cut. Rock me, mama, like a water wheel. <laughs> Walk like a Walk watermelon. Me, <laughs> I'm a watermelon. What the fuck? Wh- I am the Eggman. <laughs> I am the Eggman. I am the water. <laughs> is it sad that every time I hear I am the Eggman, all I can think about is like... Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's so funny that his name is Eggman. Oh, I remember that that guy is going to be fucking Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. <laughs> 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 He's Canadian. 
That's the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so if I if I know what so I'm talking Mo- Moxie, about. So Moxie, who is a current uh, current member of our um, That's right. board of directors. <laughs> well, also a part of this year's new reign. Not, not officially yet. But not like, officially yet, but uh, I have been announced. Yeah. Investitures is happening. Um, It'll probably happen before this episode comes out. Thing, you, yeah, you you will yeah. be crowned uh, Duchess Twenty, mm-hmm. Imperial Grand Duchess Twenty, um, and because you're already been, I mean, confirmed. Does anyone care? But like, you've already been approved by the board and the college, so it's fine. From what I understand, the organization has two names. It's like the Imperial Sovereign Court of Winnipeg and Old Manitoba. Sorry, start like, all over. I need to, I needed to turn my phone off, and I really I don't I, I don't want to miss what you're saying. I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> so there are two like the, each court seems to have two names. One is like the Imperial Sovereign Court of Winnipeg and Old Manitoba, and that's like our official name, and that's what we do all of our paperwork and stuff like that under, right? No. And, okay. Well. I tried, it's but then, fine. but then the second name is like a name that's chosen by the people who I guess founded the court to like sort of represent. Okay, so the way it is, and like I had to, because I had to message Graham about this because Dragging the Peg was doing lots, lots of really gracious promo work, but I had to, I was like, hey, just so you know, and I sent them like a clip it from our, our, um, from our policies and procedures, and ooh, I can pull it up. I have read them. The thing is, I know you have. I, I, I know that you read them because I was looking over the, the CEO stuff and I was like, she read these. Moxie read these. Did I ever? We should say that if you do want to look up information about the court and you do stumble upon the court website, we are sorry about the state that it currently is in. It Even will... though neither of us are actually responsible for that. But um, I feel responsible for not having already burned it to the ground. For not yeah. having firebombed the servers. Yeah? <laughs> what specifically is upsetting you? The um, format. The fact that you looks, can't the see fact it. That there's no real information on it. It's not mobile optimized. Mm. Um, you, you can't, can't use even it on mobile. read it properly on a computer. No, like, it's not sized correctly. Put... Well, I'll talk to Barry. <laughs> yeah, I am. That's my plan. Oh, I have to tell him I don't want to be on the pride board. Fuck. Okay, so... The name of the corporation shall be the Snowy Owl Monarchist Society Incorporated, and um, the principal office of the SOMS shall be located. Oh, that doesn't matter. La la la. No, give us the, the SOMS shall operate publicly as the Imperial Sovereign Court of Winnipeg and all of Manitoba. Um. So what that means is essentially okay. So like the most logical way I can break it down in my mind, because I've, I've also struggled with this topic too, and like what the difference between the SOMS and the court is. Because they are the same organization. However, it's almost like... So if the court were like a retail store, the SOMS would be the manager, and the court itself would be like the building and the customers and the employees. So it's the Imperial Court, which is presided over by the Snowy Owl Monarchist Society. Yeah. So, like, we are the governing body. Like, we do all the business. We do all the... In the, the um, in the, like, acceptance and, um, like, rules speech that's given before crowning, it talks about, like, here's the cape, and it, re- like, represents the, the lands that you preside over, the, like, the actual physical court that you preside over. So is it fair to say that that actual, like, that expanse of territory over which this... Rain is uh, presiding is in itself. That's the court, or that's the that's the 
Yeah, like so oh you have God, to. I've already, so, I've already got it backwards. Okay, so you you have to take the like you know you're on the right track. You have to take the court and you kind of have to split it down the middle and be like, this side is reality, this side is fantasy. So the are we feeling the fantasy? Yeah. Oh, we have to talk about that tweet. <laughs> yeah. So the, the the reality side of it is is that the SOMS is like basically there to oversee business, uphold the policies. You know, make the decisions that better the organization. Mm-hmm. The court is basically like anyone who's like they're participating in the court. Like so, they're courtiers, they're title holders, they're members. Um, and so, the emperor and empress, while they have a role in the business side of things, what they, uh, what they essentially are presiding over is the court. Yeah, because they mean like so the board of directors presides over the SOMS. Like they preside over, yeah, yeah. and. Yeah, like, cool. it's just, like, it's basically, like, the whole thing was meant to be fun and fantastical, mm-hmm. but there needed to be a real, like, a re- actual business side of it. Well, so because like, it's a charity organization. Yeah, yeah, so, like, the SOMS is, like, the, is the board, and the, they handle, the, like, the, the real life things, and yeah. then the court is, like, the, is the fantasy world. The court is the event itself, the SOMS is uh, what you do with the money after the event is done. Kind of, yeah. Sort of. So, like, for example, when Dragon the Peg was like, the Emperor and Empress of the Snowy Owl Monarchist Society, I'm like, well, if you think about it, like, they're, like and a monarch reigns over a court. Okay, yeah, that's actually a pretty easy way to remember it. Yeah, and I mean, it's like... The... And SOMS sounds like a corporate board thing. Yeah, that's true. What was the your... Songs. Oh, can you please say your very good um, business solutions? <laughs> you mean here at Business Solutions, we salute business? Ew, what's wrong with That's you? That's corporate speak. I love, I love to be a corporate I love to be show. a manager in a call center. So anyway, I know I'm probably... It's like, it is a very convoluted thing, but like... You know what's even funnier, though? I'm going to shit on Regina's court a little bit. Cause they're, oh, please do. They're... And if you got anything on uh, Calgary, <laughs> we'd love to hear it. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I'm fucking annoyed at Calgary. They still haven't the let city. us know. They were supposed. They told us they applied to Pride. We applied to perform at Pride in Calgary. And they were supposed to let us know the week of the eighth is what they told us. Like eighth of July. The eighth yeah. of July, like two weeks before that, they told us we will be letting people know by the during the week of the eighth. Uh, and then uh-huh. two weeks passed, and nothing happened. I contacted someone. They said probably a week or so, and that's the last I heard. Of them. So, like, if you shook a magic eight ball, it'd be like, oh, look, not so good. Yeah. Well, it's in like a month. Hmm. Yeah, so it's like <coughs> Well I don't have well I don't I don't know if I have a lot of shit to say about Calgary's pride. I mean I know some dastardly characters in their court. <laughs> and also that Edmonton Pride got fucking shit canned because Oh, if we want to be talking about this, then like that's that this is a big topic. No, that's like I feel like that's something for maybe to that's, talk about with someone who's actually from Edmonton. Or something like I mean it or happened not white. so long ago. <laughs> yeah. Or like a um, a queer person of color. Yeah. Um, oh, this cat's oh, coming. This Ooh, cat's there coming. he goes. Oh, Here rub on the microphone. Mic up that cat, yo. Give that cat a microphone. He has something to say. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want you to like hang out too much, but I'll take you. <laughs> um, Regina's court is like so. They're the royal. They're the royal associate. Royal Social Association of Regina. That's their SOMS. Then get, yeah, so RSAR, yeah. So get this, they're um, the imperial and sovereign court of the governing body of the Wheat Sheaf Empire. 
<laughs> Does that even spell something fun? Nope. It just is redundant. It don't make sense. <laughs> That's so silly. Um, I know oh the Vancouver God. court is the... The dogwood. The dogwood, and it's also the mother court. I think I asked this to you, too. And I oh, yeah, you can ask... <gasps> this is a great opportunity. Ask me court questions. Yeah, so mother court, does that mean it was the first court in the... Like, the first Canadian court in the system? Or is it just, like... Um, I don't know if they called themselves the mother court originally. I think they were, it's kind of a, it's either a nickname that everybody supports or they were sort of dubbed that by, um, by like the founder, Jose, um, Jose Saria. Mm -hmm. Um, and basically they were, they were the first Canadian court and, um, you'll hear a name in the court system, uh, Canadian court system, uh, Ted North. Okay. And Ted North, um was like integral in bringing the court to Vancouver and by and by like you know and Canada essentially yeah and so they um and Ted North also founded the uh Empress of Canada Foundation yeah. <clears throat> so the Empress of Canada is not actually a sanctioned title recognized by the ICS like the international court system oh okay you're saying Empress of Canada so that's a nationwide title mm. No. I'll tell you all about it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that face you made has me yeah. concerned. <laughs> um, okay, so the if it's it's not it's not a court entity. The Empress of Canada is not a court entity. It is a it's essentially a separate organization that was founded and sort of just like was. I think they originally tried to get it as a sanctioned court title, but I think the head honchos like of the whole ICS kind of had a problem with that because it was like creating this sense of otherness. Yeah. Does do Mexico or uh, the United States have their own like nationwide position like that? No. No, they don't. It's we we all we all have the one queen mother, which is Nicole the Great, who is um, Jose's successor. Oh. Um, we just got a king father. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, a couple years ago. King Daddy. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've met Nicole. She's, she's fine. I mean, it's hard to live up to the Queen Mother of all the entire Imperial Court system title. I feel. It's yeah. Well, it's it's also like it's a very big generational thing because I think yeah. I'm pretty sure she's like seventy. Oh yeah. And well, that's it. There we go. That, yeah, that, that kind of says gotcha. everything about it. And like. She doesn't even use Facebook. She has people who, like, she will send emails to, and they oh will post on her behalf. Goodness. Oh, yeah, you don't even know, like, the big full infrastructure. Okay, so let's go down the hierarchy of the court here. So... Oh, are we getting a diagram, or are you just holding your pen for... I think I need... I'm just going to take... I'm just going to get... <laughs> I'm going to get out a piece of paper, because I want to... We'll post this diagram on the Twitter, so Maybe. that our followers can see. So you have... Little stick man down here. This is just general member. It's, like it's an audio medium. So you have uh, you have at the bottom of the of the bottom of the pyramid or the bottom of the scheme or the ladder or whatever. <laughs> there is um, you know member, and then there is uh, you know, and if you want to go down the the fantastical route, there's the title of monarch. Um, and in between there, you have, you know, your upper house titles, you have just whatever. Um, and then like down the business route, you have, you know, president or, and, and like subsequent executives and board members mm -hmm. moving up that 
we have the Imperial Court Council. Ooh. So the Imperial Court Council are... I'm sorry, is this on the business side or the fantasy side? Or I think this goes back to business. Okay. Um, but, I mean, it does consist predominantly of people who have been a monarch or title, like holding a monarch title. Yeah. So it goes up to the ICS, which is the Imperial Court Council, and I believe they are... I might be wrong, but they are similar to that of um there's a group called the Redcoats. Okay. And I think that's the Imperial Court Council. So essentially if you're on that you are like you are either have have it made or you're or it's given to you or like whatever. Essentially you have a red coat that you can wear that's a part of your official court regalia. Okay. Um maybe I would liken that to Cardinals. This is very complicated. So, like, yeah. and essentially what they are is, like, they are Nicole's board of directors. Oh, okay. Possibly. Or they're, like, they're a collection of leaders in the court community. And then, um, then Nicole has people that she can name as heirs. Mm-hmm. And usually, like, if you're an heir, you're, you're a red coat, too. You, work, you go through that sort of thing. Right. So, there are higher workings than just your own city because like it is an international organization it does have to f- function but it's also the problem that i find that i have a, i have a problem with everything kind of above the city level is yeah. because it's very elitist it's very white and that there's a lot of gatekeeping mm-hmm. they don't really have democratic votes to choose who these people are they're mm-hmm. kind of just appointed positions and it's usually just a matter of who you're friends with right okay so there's so, that. So then what power does the Queen Mother have? Um like how does that translate into anything that actually has like a tangible effect on like our court? Um I think it's kind of similar I, I think it would be similar to that of um like what the Empress does each year. So oh, like okay, just on a larger scale. Yeah. So, so like, like there would be like I guess there would be like chosen charities. There would be um, they every year they kind of choose like a focus, mm-hmm. and so one year it was specifically about um, trans youth was oh, okay. the focus of one year, and mm-hmm. um, I think that might actually be this year, mm-hmm. but there's a whole lot of clownery that's going on that I think is really distracting from that. Yeah. Uh, there always is. And by clownery, I mean transphobia. Gross. There always is. Yeah. yeah. Again, salient point. We've been new fam. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's really as much of, an, of the knowledge that I have. You can, I, you know, it's funny, you can even join these pages yourself. Like, they're, they're on Facebook. You can read all the bullshit. Um, they started cracking down on some of them, though, because... Uh, people were just kind of getting into like arguments on it, mm-hmm. rightfully so, because people were just getting called out on their shit. Good. And then the higher ups were like, "No, there's too much fighting," and we're like, "You're being crappy." Yeah. Stop being shit. Stop being garbage. Thanks. And then uh, they're like, "Okay, well, we're gonna limit this only to people um, to promote their their coronation balls, so that people can be informed and come here and like you know hear about where when each ball is happening." I like to shut down conversation on the yeah. They essentially they took down like every sort of. I love to like, disable comments. Then someone co- did, like... Because that one, I think, was called the 
the Imperial Court System membership. Mm -hmm. They changed it, no, the Imperial Court System, then they changed it to membership, and then that's when the new rules came in. And then someone oh, made... Oh, new rules. Okay. Yeah, then someone made, like, a spite page that was, like, the real International <laughs> Court System page. And then that's where everyone would go to be like, can you believe this crap? Oh, my God. It's amazing. so dramatic, and it's so funny. That's so... It's unreal that that's happening on Facebook. Like, I just feel like all I see on Facebook are memes. I had to, like, I had to mute all of it because I'm like, this Ugh. is stupid. That sounds so gross. The last thing I did on there was call out someone for basically making, like, a fake apology for their transphobia. Oh, yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, that's, that's the last interaction I had with them. Anyway, let's get back to, like, you know, let's make, let's, let's spin the court so it's not so, um, grim. I mean, I think our, um... I think Winnipeg's court's pretty okay. I think oh, it's been... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are heavily sedated compared to some other ones. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I haven't been off... We haven't like, been involved very long, honestly, but... There hasn't um, even been a contested run for leadership in, like, four years or whatever. I don't know if I would six. call that a good thing or... Oh, wow. Si so it's been six years since... Oh, Jesus Since Christ. there's Tyra. been any yeah, contested. Yeah, because it was Wow. And, oh my God. like, the reason that is, though, is because, like, I mean, like, obviously, I don't think, like, maybe you can't relate to it, but, like, the drag scene was just kind of, like, humming along. Yeah. Like, everyone was just kind of in hibernation, and, like, only a few people were kind of just, like, were, there wasn't such an influx of new bodies coming mm -hmm. in. Whereas, like, now we have this wave of people, like, now every title, I think, is going to have more than three applicants for it. Oh, yeah. Like, we yeah. already had, for the Mixed Queer pageant, there was, what, seven, seven applicants, which is uh, a lot. There were some people at the debutante ball that they um, cut everyone down to one number. Uh, I know that there's going to be um, a couple of people probably for EOY this year, since there's actually going to be a pageant. There's going to be a couple of people definitely for Miss Club 200. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the babies are currently a little afraid of going for higher positions, and that's, I think, a good idea, because I don't think it's a good idea to necessarily throw yourself into that kind of system immediately. Well, like, you can't just run for empress. No. Like, I mean, you could just run for empress, but, like... Yeah. Lita but what did. I mean is, like, even for, like, Lita um... Did. Lita did. Oh, Lita did. Yeah, but well, that's, that's Lita. Lita. I mean, for stuff like Lita's Mixed Queer... Lita's kind of and, like, incredible. <laughs> for stuff like Mixed Queer, that's a good first pageant, and I think there was a couple babies who did. I think Miss Club Twins is maybe a little... And EOY are a little bit more intimidating, but well, I think and that's the, yeah. I'm glad that you say that because that's the way I designed Miss Queer. Mm -hmm. Miss Queer. Yeah. And I think in maybe um, four or five years we're gonna have just like, depending on how many people stay uh, in town and how many people continue doing drag in town, we're gonna have like, probably some fairly robust uh, imperial titles. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the other thing too is like. I know when I ran for Empress, I was having a hard time finding people to put in my upper house. Mm -hmm. um, Soon that's gonna like gonna be a non-issue. You would think so. <laughs> well, you still have. They still have to be good. No, <laughs> I know. Like, they have to be, like, they have to be like, chosen. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, if I'm thinking like three years in advance, there's gonna be a lot of people to choose from, I think. Oh, exactly. And um, my personal opinion on, like, I, I agree with you, Dirt, in the sense that um, it, we, like, I know it's, it's, see, the thing is, people will go to a coronation ball and they will kind of get the fever. They will get the seduction of, yeah. of being those people. Mm -hmm. 
And, um, like, I was one of them, and, like, you know, I reigned as princess for two years, and I would go to those balls, and I'd be like, someday, someday. <laughs> and I did that, and I did it right away, and I'm kind of, like, thinking, I think when I did it was a good time, but I, I can only think now that, like, if I had waited even longer, it would have been even better. Just run again. I, mm, reign 25. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bullshit going on. Um. Honestly, it doesn't impress me. I'm not going to name them on here. because Because I'm sure I'll show up in that town and they'll be like, we heard what you said about us. No one outside of Winnipeg has ever listened, except for Scarlett and Chloe. It does if I email everyone the link. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a you Hey, heard your court was mentioned on this podcast. That sounds like a you problem, then. Really? That sounds like you punishing yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I like to... I like to to cause a scandal. What other court? What do you think other things people Um, don't know about the court? So, um, I was wondering if there is any particular rule. I think we had talked about this like a million years ago about um, how it works with pairs and how pairs run together and how pairs are chosen. Um, Because I know that recently um, gender neutral terms were entered in. Uh, are there any rules about how, like, um, there have been there have been years where there have been two emperors or two empresses, and now this year we have an emperor and an empress. We've had two duchesses, uh, two dukes, a duke duchess, etc. Are there any? Yeah. Is, is it also throwing like um, duchess and princess and emprex into the mix? Those are all those combinations are okay. Yeah, to fly. So I think so. Like up up until gender neutral things came around, the tradition and the template was Emperor, Empress, Prince, Princess, Duke, Duchess. And, like, you know, and then it was even, it was even, like, called the the female line and the male line. Um, Did that always work out? Because I know there, um, I know recently we've had, like, a lot of same pairs, but just because... Do you guys have a, do you guys have a program from Coronation Island? Um, yeah, must somewhere. But I was wondering if that was specifically because of like a lack of people to fill out the specific gender lines, or if this was a change that came with the uh, gender neutral terms. Oh, it is so warm. Yep, it is. When's our fucking food coming? Soon, eight minutes. Okay, so okay to answer we'll your question, typically that is what in a, in an ideal scenario we would have tra- the traditional roles filled, mm-hmm. and there would be no. There would be no issue. Mm-hmm. So, in the case where we have okay, so for you use two emperors and as as an example. So in this case here in reign seven, you have um, Jiminy Lickett and Carlos Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Jiminy ran with an empress, That's a good and and she was elected. Mm-hmm. However, she was I believe she was stripped or she stepped down or, she, and she was, I think she was stripped of her role. Okay. Um, and then what the college did was they they sent in a regent. Okay. So okay. Carlos was a regent in that scenario because right. I guess there was no empresses to fill the role. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I have a tangential question. Do regents do decade walks? Um, if they complete their reign, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then in the case of this last year where we have Barry and Peter, so... In the event that we have no successful, we have no like, we have no um, qualified applicants to run for monarchy. 
uh, what we do is we then it goes to the College of Monarchs, which is just the for those that don't know what that is, that is the collection of past reigning emperors, empresses, and prince and princesses. Mm -hmm. Prince and princesses were added into the mix um, at the end of Tyra's year as a proclamation. Correct. And so what happens is then, so we need to fill these roles. Well, then it kind of goes down the line of uh, succession, mm -hmm. starting with like one all the way to whatever number. Oh, okay. And if ours is a little more democratic, where like if someone like if we're out sitting at a table and someone's like, I would really like to do it. And like, it's kind of between the, t it's kind of a discussion between the two people who would do it. Mm -hmm. They would step in to fill that role as a regent. Right. So, and, but I mean like if we have to default to rules, it would be whoever reigned first has priority. Okay. So like it would go. To emperor the, one would have priority over emperor six. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. If emperor one wanted it. If wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. But and if emperor one doesn't, if emperors one through five don't want it, then and can, six really wants it, then you don't have to actually go down the line necessarily. Is our emperor one, is that Carlos or was he Baron? I'll get to that. Okay. Um, after the Regency question. So, um. I love this press conference. <laughs> well, I feel like it's important because there is a lot it of confusion. It is because we're so dumb. It's not that you're dumb, it's just there is a lot, no there's a lot of nuance, and there's a lot of just And none of it's weird. written down. Anymore. Also, I'm just shopping for beads on Amazon. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I know, I'm watching you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot of, like, history, and, like, it's kind of interesting that I'm the one delivering this, because I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm not one of the old ones, but I'm one of the old ones. <laughs> well, you also just, you are fairly knowledgeable, about, or it seems like you care about this kind of, like, I'm also not going to sway you to believe certain traditions. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to bullshit you. Yeah. I'm here to tell you the real truth. I'm this here to is the I'm, raw shit. I'm here to give you. I'm here to give you the baseball cap backwards. I'm here to give you the real tea. I'm here to give you the royalty. I'm here to educate you about the college of monarchs. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> no. No. Ron, keep that. <laughs> Um, Susan, Susan, can we get a close up on the mouth, Susan? <laughs> so in the so basically, what happened is we had no worthy like applicants, um, and then it went to the college, and then essentially no one from the college was really interested at the time for reasons that are personal or unbeknownst to us. Mm -hmm. No judgment. Um, so what happened was, and um, so we had Barry and Peter who were. Formerly, they were princes in the college, so they had, they had not reigned as emperors before. So, in that case, if we're looking for an emperor, we will go down the em the line of emperors. If not all of them say no, we go to the empresses. If all of them say no, we go to the princes, and then so on. And then you just re reverse the gender roles for empress, regent empress. Right. Um. So basically, Barry and Peter made a proposal and mm -hmm. said, "What about us two? We reign together." Yada yada, and all of us were kind of just like, like it, it was passed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like obviously it came to be, yep. and then that's why there's that. Um, Our destiny has manifested. Yeah. Um, so then, when it comes to your upper house stuff, um, upper house is a little lenient with you know who you want on there. I mean, ideally, I in my opinion, ideally you want to encourage the the drag kings to get involved because we don't have a lot of. AFAB people involved, but we also just don't have, like, look at this, look at this book. You have, yeah, no, you have years, wouldn't you think our collection's <laughs> complete? Like, you have years upon years upon years of soul reigning empresses. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. like, and which is like you know, as a soul reigning empress, I like I liked it that way. I had fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a control freak, so, <laughs> but um, it just kind of shows that like we're not encouraging enough drag king growth yeah. mm-hmm. in the organization. So in my opinion, I think you should try to encourage that, but it's kind of like to each their own. Each mm-hmm. monarch needs to pick a team that they're going to work best with and who they want. Mm-hmm. It's, they, they pick their people for their own reasons and their own motives. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just, and since they're elected by the people, there is kind of like this, this sort of like um, unspoken respect that like the people elected them, the people trust them. To choose their cabinet, yeah. as it were. Yeah. yeah. So, like, well, we I mean, you can, you can, you can so sit it's there. it's not that bad if it sucks. You can sit there and you can bitch about who they've chosen, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's not your reign. And, and unless they are, unless they are, you know, breaking the, like, unless they are violating our code of conduct, yeah. then we can't really say shit. Um, we had a question, um, I was asking about the baronial... Thing. Well, I wanted. To, sorry, I'll stop rambling, but I wanted to finish because we, we you did ask about gender neutral first. Yes, I asked about gender neutral. And getting to that, so eventually, this yeah. is, we literally said this is exactly how this is going to go. Yeah. No, I intentionally like just I'm mm-hmm. I'm just doing everything chronologically. <laughs> um. So then, when you have the case of like where people chose two duchesses and two princesses, it's kind of like they chose them for a reason. Um, what we did the last year is because we're, they were like, well. In the bylaws, it says only one prince and one princess are supposed to get into the college. Uh, well, but we have two princesses and no prince. And so in my mind, it's like, well, it's obvious they would both get in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just basically had the monarchs distinguish who their success, their line of succession was. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, who was Barry's princess and who was Peter's princess, right. who was Barry's duchess and so on. That seems to be kind of how, if I can kind of inside baseball behind the... Uh, part the kimono a little bit that seems to be kind of how um dustin and foxy picked their upper house as well well yeah dustin wanted to have a like dustin had a full male line in mind and foxy had a female line in mind and then things changed and people said no and now we have a princess on dustin's side yeah so so i mean it's still two different gender designators on the record so we have just introduced the gender neutral titles into the court. We have we officiated Emprex um, at our last AGM, but now we've updated the the stuff to include Princette, and we're still de- we're still deciding People on. We keep a- saying Doucet, but I hate it. Well, that's I someone's like name. Yeah, that's literally yeah, there that are people literally... in town who that's their name. Yeah, I. I like Dutch X personally, yeah, but then like some Dutch people X don't like too, that and... because it doesn't sound like Duke. Well, Emprex doesn't sound like Emperor. Yeah. We're going to just call it Ducks. Ducks Unlimited. <laughs> ducks Unlimited. Canada. Bye bye your ducks. I almost ended up working for Canada Goose. Did I tell you that? Nope. I was almost a brand ambassador for Canada Goose, but then I got, uh, the job got destroyed before I could get it. The job got fucking nuked. Yeah. <laughs> it was Moxie being like, don't bring shame upon this house. <laughs> the job was running in the Kentucky Derby and it slipped no, and they had to destroy it. There's no greater shame. The job was running in a hobby horse competition. <laughs> Christ. Oh God. Anyway. So, anyway, we just reintroduced that. Now, the question, you, you had a very important question about, like, monarchs being elected and now with the gender-neutral title, how that works. Because mm-hmm. you, you were asking about pairs? Because I, I, I feel like I remember a million years ago you or someone saying, well, we have Emprex now, but there's a certain rule about, like, how the lines of succession work and whether you can have two Emprexes or whether, like, it is... 
or whether you can have an emprex and an emperor if the emprex is well, like of, yeah. of a certain des so, like gender designation. So let's say next year we have candidates for emperor, emprex, and empress. Who does like? Is it just the two like? Let's hear with the highest. With votes. The, okay, so what if there's like six candidates what if we have two candidates for each position or whatever it would be the highest the, the two with the highest in each category so basically it'd be like we would like the top emperor like the, we would pick the top in each category okay, and then those and then, three then whoever had the most the two with the most votes out of those three would okay. become the monarchs okay it's we and also it's also very situational do people not like, always run in pairs that was a thing actually i had assumed was uh um, some people do. It, they're like they're not. It's one of those things where like they're not officially recognized as a pair because I mean, it's it all comes down to the votes. Yeah. Because I mean, you could have two pairs that run against each other, but then all of a sudden it's a wife swap. <laughs> like. <laughs> but also, gross. like, could it be a pair and two individuals, and then some sort of weird nasty shenanigans happen with that? Yeah, like that's the thing is that it comes down to who's like who the people choose. So mm -hmm. the pe like you can run it as a pair, but I mean like if people don't like one of you in that pair. But it's always going to be electing someone who runs as in one of these categories, yeah. unless they spe are, unless they're specifically appointed as a pair, like in the regency case. Yeah. It's, it's 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 the thing is like it's also situational. There is like, no like you can't think of every situation before it happens. Mm -hmm. So like it's kind of like eventually you're gonna have to just start mm -hmm. applying the bylaws as things come up. Like say Rain Twenty Five, you have two uh, empresses who both want to run as one campaign. Would they be allowed to do that in the future? Maybe I, would that be something that like would have to re that would really depend on the time and who's on the board and what the rules are at the time in the situation. Um, As it stands now, I think no. Because if the idea is to encourage drag kings, then yeah, because I mean, like two empresses and emperor candidates as well. I think for gender equity, it would not be a good idea to have two empresses that campaign and run it. Unless they're the only two people who yeah. submit. But I mean, even in that case, it's kind of like it comes back to the question of like, what's the point of a competition then? Mm -hmm. There's, and that's the thing is like no we're not an actual government so like there's no no the, the orb is full of schnapps yeah like so it's not uh, like nothing's really set in stone and you know if you make a good if you make a strong enough case you can always appeal to the board and it's up to the board's discretion yeah but uh we just do we just like to keep things simple <laughs> maybe um anyway thou baroneal baroneal and then we can move on. I think that's enough of a court lesson. Oh, for today. I also just wanted to ask quickly: Are um, board meetings open to the members of the court who are not on the board? Or yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, they're general meetings. They they're open to any member. If we go into closed session, then you have to leave. Then you, yeah, you would have to be asked very often. Yeah. Um, where do they happen? Usually at the Rainbow Resource Center. One seventy Scott Street. One seventy Scott Street. Sometimes one ninety Gary. Yeah. Sometimes Club Two Hundred. It is a hub of. Queer discourse. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. 
I love the discourse. Me and Alan yelling in his office the other night. You and the Democratic Alan, presidential debate was on. Yeah, you and, you and Alan, Alan yelling like, in the office. Having your third eyes forcibly opened by Marianne Williamson. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then um, Foxy and Frida just drinking beer just outside, waiting for me to come out so we can start our rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> you yelling in the office, office. <laughs> them waiting outside, said you can come out, get misgendered, then have your fucking rehearsal. <laughs> On the pod. Baronial. Um, so, oh, our oh. Our food is also going to be here, like, so soon. Okay, baronial, real fast. Okay. Real fast. So, um, when you want to start a court, you have to basically, like, ask the ICS, hey, we want to start a court. And they basically send you a list of requirements. Because this is the thing, like, it's not a certain amount of time. It's just you are given the requirements, and you, compl- you ta- it takes however long you take to complete them. Okay. So, we had three baronial years. So, we had a Baroness 1, 2, 3, and Baron 1, 2, 3. Um, and a lot of courts keep those as baronial titles. Mm-hmm. Um, by It was by proclamation, I think, of Empress One. Like, once... So, basically, it took us three years to actually secure our charter, be validated as an imperial court. Then, every beyond that, then we were allowed to name our title holders as Emperor and Empress. Mm-hmm. I believe it was either Empress One or Four, I can't remember, who went, by proclamation... Elevated the baron, barons and baronesses to the title of emperor and empress, mm. and so that's why you have like emperor nineteen ninety nine, empress nineteen ninety eight, like yeah. stuff like that. Okay, and then and afterward that. it's one two three. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, so we it took us three years to get validated as a court because then you have um, Regina. It took them one year to do all that shit. And so, and their first Baroness still goes by Baroness One. Mm. So that's the diff. Okay, and it was started in the states or started? Started in San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. Stunning. Fifty-three or so, give or take, years ago. Amazing. Well, thank you for all your court knowledge. Yeah, we can do more of these later. I have I have stuff that I can even educate baby queens about, like etiquette and protocol. Ugh. Bless. That would be so I have cakes. We can call this segment Cakes Finishing School. Uh, I'm finishing this segment so we can eat some fucking crepes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you see? There's. I just saw this article oh, about no. someone who, who, someone who started a pizza boat in the Caribbean. Yeah. That among, what? among other things delivered to St. James Island, but it's it's like a boat that delivers pizza, and it, it's just the freakiest looking thing I've ever seen because they have that like World War Two dazzling paint, and uh, of course there's the pie symbol on it for some reason. Well, uh, because it's pizza pie, but it's I, I don't know. Like I, I don't know <laughs> what to make of that. It's just a weird story <laughs> with the whole pizza thing. It's. It's a funny connection. I can't wait to talk to Alan about flat earthers. He's going to be so mad at me. Do you want to discuss um, the Metropolitan Museum for Parts? Yeah, go for it. So uh, the big thing in the news about the Met recently was, of course, the Met uh, Costume Gala, and the theme this year was Notes on Camp, so it was about the Susan... Uh, they they built it, I think, very much as about Susan Sontag's Notes on Camp, because that's the name of the essay that she wrote, or the 
It's not. It's not a formal essay. It's, you told me. Well, and it's it's not supposed to be structured like a formal essay. Like it's there's a, a reason it's called notes. It's literally like I think what forty five. I think at least 50. 50, 60 notes, like just little notes, one thought sentences, because um, I think what I've heard about why she wrote it that way was that it's like camp is too undefinable to write a formally structured paper about, like you just can't do it. So in order to like have a way to academically kind of fit camp into other papers, she made a bunch of observations basically about what camp is and is not. Right. And what camp, like, involves, and what some of the core tenets of the camp that was around at the time, mm -hmm. and, like... So, the exhibit was actually a little bit more than that, I would say. The first, uh, the way that it was structured is that the first kind of rooms that you walk through are what they call the, uh, what do they call it? They call it a whisper, the whispers of camp. They call it the, the pre-outing um, of camp. So it actually talks about the history going as far back as um, these kind of depictions. Uh, one of the major things that they talk about as an inspiration for camp is these very, um, very fey, very feminine depictions of the ideal masculine figure from a Greek statue, from uh, early romantic painters like Caravaggio and Georges Latour, who um, were major inspirations for my photo shoot with Callie. Mm -hmm. This very um, soft and kind of homoerotic posing and sculpture and musculature and that also camp draws from the court of Louis the Sun King mm -hmm. um, and it talked about early drag queens um, I don't have their names at the moment but uh, it talked about two early drag queens who were accused and brought to court for um, the charge of seducing men under pretense of being women and like racks of their clothing were brought into the courtroom they were um, they were not charged <laughs> Um, they had a whole section on Oscar Wilde as well, who I think is a controversial figure um, because of his uh, pedophilia, is yeah. that a thing I can say? Yeah. Um, but I think some of the outfits from that section were some of the best because there was this beautiful brocade cape with giant peacocks on it to represent um, the illustrations for the Salome text. Uh, with a peacock feathers, and that was gorgeous. <coughs> and then after that, you enter the um, the Sontagian camp, and you go into what they call the echo chamber. So this is the years of people writing and thinking about camp post Sontag's kind of explanation of it, and post the outing of what it meant to be campy and and gay in this way. And so you've got this audio playing that is a combination of Susan Sontag's voice as well as other academics and other people reading different ver different pieces of notes on camp. And then every once in a while, it will change to Judy Garland. <laughs> Um, singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And there's just so many gorgeous pieces of um, costuming organized in these different, in this giant, giant room with like just big square windows, like a shop windows basically with no glass, where you can see in on, on almost all of them they have a definition. Um, there was camp as a second childhood, uh, gender without genitals, um, history viewed historically, um, the artifact passed its prime. Mm -hmm. And just these different interpretations of what it means to be camp. The childhood one was very cool because they had these two dresses. I don't remember the designer. I think it was a Japanese designer. And they were clearly the twins from The Shining. But one of them was covered in these like dripping red beads, like blood. It was That was really cool. I that saw was that really cool. And there's also one that I just like fell in love with that I'm stealing for a look at one point. And it was just a shower head with jewels dripping out of it as like a prop. I love that. It was like, it, yeah. it, because they talked about, like, uh, 
camp is decadence for no particular purpose. It is the thing as artifice, as aside, aside from its actual, like, real purpose and real mm -hmm. meaning. And it was just a really fantastic kind of thing to see. The day I went was fairly packed, so there were a lot of security guards yelling, do not take videos, no panoramas, still photos only. Rest and rip in peace, a Rooney. Yeah, I don't have a lot to add on <laughs> the camp, camp discussion because I feel like I don't know. I feel like it, it's kind of been done to death. I've, and like, yeah, I feel I've like, had this discussion so many times. Yeah, I know because like here's the thing: if I say anything, Moxie's just gonna fucking. I read the notes. A million I years did ago. read the notes. I fucking read the notes. Sorry for the cat audio that's definitely happening. Why are you right next to the microphone? Super. I'm the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to finish that croissant? Duh. We are number one. Hey. Okay. Oh, wow. Work, I guess. I think most people kind of, when they think of camp, they think about movies first. And foremost. Yeah, because I think people are sold, like, the I, the idea people have about camp is divine. Well, I, the I first time I ever heard of camp referred to was in reference to the old Clash of the Titans movie, and it was my dad referring to it as camp, because or campy, because what he meant was bad. The first time, actually, no, ro uh, the first time I heard camp was in, like, someone talking about Rocky Horror, which is accurate. That's very accurate, yeah. Um, the Legally Blonde musical. I had a friend describe it as campy, and I think that would also apply. Maybe. I, I was, I I've only know. seen a couple of numbers, but... Visually, just, it's like... Oh, but, visually, it's very much paying homage to that kind of, like, what is, is it, like, late 90s, early 80s? When was the movie made? What, I, it's, like, early 2000s. Early 2000s? I feel like there's a lot of stuff with the fashion that's, like, very... Oh, I'm not talking about campy in like a fashion, like a costuming aspect. No, but I feel like the visual aspect has to be a part of that, and I feel like visually there are a lot of camp aspects to... I mean, musical theater is camp. It, it almost always is. Yeah. Especially old musical theater, but like newer musical theater, I think, borrows from camp. And I love that, uh, the, the whole decadence for the sake of no real purpose. I think that's... Yeah, because like, yeah, like... I love that. that. That resonates with me. Yeah, well, a lot of camp is just kind of like pointing out absurdities, like mm -hmm. gender without genitals and like cross-dressing yeah. or oh, dressing other, in a way that yeah. defies what you're supposed to dress based on. The other cool like. thing was that in uh, this like bigger room with all these big windows, they had costumes and then they would have either a note on camp, a quote from Susan Sontag or a quote from someone else. And they also had a, they had a quote from Bruce LaBruce, um, who was the lead singer of Fifth Column, I believe. Okay. Uh, and, no, that was J.B. Jones, my mistake. Bruce LaBruce worked with J.B. Jones to found J.D.'s, which is Juvenile Delinquents, which was the first queer core zine in uh, Toronto that would kind of, like, get shipped between Toronto and New York, and that kind of really sparked the queer core punk rock scene in Toronto and New York, so that was just really cool to see. Their quote was uh, that camp should always and always must be revolutionary. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was also a really good quote about how camp is the answer of how to be a dandy in the age of mass culture, which resonated with me really well. I just love this gender without genitals. It just rattles my chromosomes. 
they had a very beautiful outfit that was very clearly um, Marlene Dietrich inspired in that section that I liked a lot. There was a lot of very cool stuff. There's a lot of just like decadent like ruffles and tulle and feathers and headpieces that don't make any sense. Yeah, and I like, think a pair of heels that looked like they were supposed to be like pig's feet. Nice. Yeah, like larger than life and a little bit absurd and with like... Do you think Phantom is camp? Phantom of the Paradise? Phantom of the Paradise is campy, yeah. Cause like another mark of camp is like, it's it, like things that are campy are really sincere regardless of whether they are good. the phoenix. Oh my god, her dance is so her good. Her dance is so amazing. Oh, love. Her voice is so deep. Speaking of deep voices, I watched the Theranos documentary, which is about Elizabeth Holmes' company that made a blood machine that doesn't work, and her voice, she talks, like, down here to sound, like, super serious. And it's, like, it's, I was actually, and she, like, has this most intense, horrifying gaze. Yeah, she made a blood machine. <laughs> I don't know what you expect. That'd be cool. Yeah. We can, okay, so we also want to talk about cats. I th- that oh, was yeah. more and or coronation. Um, we already kind of did our about debrief about our thoughts on coronation. So we'll, they did. Oh. So we'll in three weeks we'll do um, a corrections of everything we said on that. Uh, in but cakes, if you have in cakes we'll finishing about... school. Welcome to cakes finishing school. Hello, I am Miss Ghetto. Hello, I am Mamma Ghetto. Hello, je suis Anana. What were your thoughts? Oh, we don't. I'll listen uh, to the cast, episode. It's um bad. <laughs> I'll listen to the coron- I'll listen to the coronation episode when it comes out. I guess. Uh, I guess. No, do you have anything you want to add specifically about coronation? You were uh, no, because I mean, like, I feel like I'm going to need to know what you guys said first. I really appreciated your um, number, and I wanted to tip you a macaron, but Moxie wouldn't let me. Uh, yeah, people brought me up snacks, and I was like, that's cute, and then I was, then I ate one of them, and I was like, this was a horrible idea. No, I can't yeah. listen. Yeah, I'm like, like, so ne- the next time that happens, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like... <laughs> Smack it. B- bat it out of their hand. Because you paused Just up at us. This is fat phobia! <laughs> eat it. You paused up at us, because I wouldn't stop doing it at you. <laughs> What did we say? We kind of explained how the night went. It was very long. Um, we talked about it how like it wasn't the longest. No, it, it wasn't. wasn't even close I, to the longest. We talked about how I was not expecting happened. it to be that British. Oh yeah, well because it was steeped in monarchy, British. so it's like very oh. ceremonial, which is really weird the first time you see it. Yeah. Um, well, also because all the ceremony stuff's really at the end, and it kind of hits you at the end of it. Um, and I think the other thing was we just talked about outfits that we liked. Yeah. See, the thing I like about coronation is kind of like the just the drama and conflama of like all of the ceremonials. I love yeah. the I love the make believe parts where we all get Ooh. to just like role play and pretend this is real. I like the part where eleven people get stuck in an elevator. I mean, some of the, some of them deserved it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard my theory We've about Cheryl on Lashley? A podcast who was stuck in that elevator, so you better hope neither of them. Listen. I mean, edit that out then. Uh, have you heard my theory about how Cheryl Lashek's um, retirement has affected the quality of elevators across the city? I, I would, I would subscribe to that theory. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that. Um, Fucking elevators are going to shit, man. 
Yeah, it's it's a conspiracy to make us all take the stairs. Well, they didn't even have the elevator certification posted. Yeah, and it's like, I check every time, and they did not have it. Yeah, because you said that to me when we used the elevator, and I was like, <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. And it wasn't fine. I, got I was right. <laughs> Never bet against an elevator fanatic. As someone who was kind of like... As an elevator working, survivor. No, as someone who was working that ball, like, as a, like... I was the president of the organization. Yes. It, there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff that was chaotic that didn't need to be. Is this is like us the having, whole first set? Is us having you as our third co-host going to cast um, doubt on the legitimacy of your uh, of your nomination for Moxie as the president's <laughs> choice award? <laughs> Why would it? I don't know. Is this nepotism? Is this what nepotism is? No. No, I, I got hired after No, because that. all I got was a bottle of wine that somebody else drank in my room. It's probably <laughs> And then Tyra <laughs> broke the frame on my own. No, it wasn't Tyra. It was Anita. Oh, my God. How broke did the I frame on what? My, my diploma. <laughs> it was not her fault. I don't blame no, her. No, it, it was on not the Not to question the legitimacy of, like, your Rising Star Award, but also, like, were you heavily involved with the court this no. year? No. Was there a lot to be involved with, with the court? Like, fair. Fair argument. But I'm also just kind of like, like, yeah, dirt's amazing. Like, but I was also yeah. like, but it's, like, it's... With the idea that it, it, of it being a court award, you no. could maybe make, um, you could make a legitimate argument that, like, uh, it was a strange appointment. I went to the court shows that happened post-February. But um, pre-February, I wasn't really aware of what the court was, I think. Well, and, like, bottom line, it was their decision to make, and yeah. obviously they felt like you deserved it. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not asking for you to, like, list your resume. I'm not, like, <laughs> Credentials your, yeah, now. Like, I'm not here. I was just kind of like... Show me I was, the tax returns. Well, Show me your teeth. It was wild. It was whack. Uh, yeah, as someone who was, like, having to be president of that organization, I felt a severe lack of volunteers were present, because pff, there was drama with, like, the day of coordinator. Because, like, Sonia was, like, the main... Like, Sonya did a great job in, like, helping us, like, do everything with the contracts and getting everything, like, all ironed out. Mm -hmm. But they had, like, a day of, like, sort of stage manager thing. Well, they, they're a former employee of the hotel, and they had this big fucking blowout with one of the employees. And we're basically banned from coming back. So the day of our event, we don't have our, basically, our stage manager. Oof. So, like, that's sort of, like, set three. I was just, like, I was, like, why is it, like, what's going on here? Why is, like, nothing happening? Why are we not continuing on? It's getting late. Mm -hmm. This is running too long. What's going on here? And then, like, that's when I also found out about the elevator drama. Yeah. And then people had just gotten back, and, like, I was just like, where is everybody? We have to continue this shenanigan. Mm -hmm. um, when would volunteer call calls have been put out? Uh, it would have been the, mon like, the monarchs would have been looking for them. Okay. Because I would say, like, I think in the coming years, if there's a more public call for volunteers, I think there's a lot of younger people in the city who would try to find small ways to be helpful well and the other part of it too is that we also need our board members like to do things because yeah moxie i ran <laughs> i know i know higher i'm making a joke i will kill you i'm making a funny i was so it's mad a pecking joke bitch bitch those um, shoes are mine bitch give me those fucking shoes bitch <laughs> um well, it, the big problem was that, like, so many of our board members were also on the upper house. So, like, yeah. it was their step down. So it's like, we can't really, like, sit there and expect them to work the door at their own step down. And then, like, 
other people were like so it was just like when everybody was like whoever was left it was essentially like me and josh and sodia and like a couple other people were like having to, like victory brunch there was no plan nothing was planned if josh and i hadn't showed up on time it would have been a catastrophe mm-hmm. and then like well like the people they did get didn't show up like we had no idea where we were supposed to be for voting sonia didn't know anything because it wasn't her job to know anything about voting there was a volunteer Barry had that ran on What was so weird is that, like, like, the board meeting usually takes place where you guys were. The voting is supposed to be where we were for the board meeting. Mm-hmm. There was a moment during the day of, during the last minute voting, where someone came up and saw us behind, like, the table being like, hey, is this where we can get um, wristbands? Or, like, are you guys working the table? And we run up and we say, no, <laughs> we're running voting. Yeah, because there was no one there to sell wristbands. At, like, until, like, like, 540. And it's and like, it's you know, without a wristband, six. you can't get into hospitality after. Oh, you're talking about day of voting, yeah. Yeah, yeah, day of voting. I hate the day of voting. It, I know, it We had sucks. one person, and it was, It uh, sucks so bad. It's the worst, and I don't know... Like, I mean, I guess I get what the point is, but, like, that could all be fixed if we just did electronic voting. Which there are systems in place for. Well, it's like one of those things, like, the problem again. we were having with electronic voting, it's like also like, okay, it also, it needs to basically cost almost nothing, and then we also need to find a way that people aren't going to fucking, like, vote every day, and all that shit, yeah. so it's like... Mm-hmm. Because I know how it works with schools is usually it's associated to your school email, so that email can only register one vote. And your student ID, also. And your student ID. Yeah. Oh, because we register people's address and ID, would there be some way to, like... But then people with multiple multiple locations, or like multiple people at the same location couldn't, if that was the thing. I don't know how this system works. It's all very complicated. Anyways, I don't yeah, know. Next it's year not... it's going gonna, it's not gonna to be from 12 to 12. It's going to be from 12 to 4, 8 to 12. Yeah. None of this fucking smart. bullshit. Honestly, I think it should just go from 12 to 8. And that's Although, uh, how many people did you bring over from the slunt show to voting? I mean, that was, like, 15 people maybe came over after the slunt show. Which, I honestly, how many people voted? Like, less than 100. Over 100. Over 100? Oh, highest turnout. Highest wow. turnout we've ever had. Wow, that's great. Good job, Moxie. Yeah, you did a really, you did, like, because I was going through, like, the bylaws of, like, the week before, and I got to the chief electoral part, and I was just, like, and I, I even looked at your social media, and, like, like she read all of this, and it's, like, like, it's, like, President's Award. <laughs> I, mean, I care about the electoral process and democracy. I mean, I had kind of decided in March you were getting it. Aww. Like, I had decided, like, I was like, oh. who's the most, like, who's the most likely person? And I was just like, well, who is kind of, like, do- dove deep in and is, like, fully immersing themselves in the bullshittery that is this organization? <laughs> Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about cats. Because <laughs> I, I feel like maybe... Last thing because I am maybe. literally collapsing Let's and I have to get up at five for work. Um, also, because I, I feel like this episode has been so, like, and intelligent things. and, like, not funny. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? So why, why would you go to all the trouble of, like, animating all of these cats if they're just gonna look like people wearing cat costumes but like not even not even good ones did you say silicone i meant i meant um uncanny valid like it just looks like an airbrush morph suit well yeah Yeah. it does which is like at least the ones in the show have actual fur on them 
Yeah. So they're like had and dimension like, and they look fluffy. It wouldn't make any sense to do the Lion King thing where they make them all talking cats because part of the charm of Cats the musical is all the dancing and the fun. Oh, I know. That was mostly a joke. Yeah. That no, was mostly I'm, a joke. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying in general. Not but it seems also you. like they've added a bunch of new characters and they've got this like weird subplot romance between Mr. Mistopheles and this new main girl like character. Ingenue this ingenue character. who's like playing some new. Is it Taylor Swift's character? No, no Taylor Swift is playing Bomb Ballerina who sings McCavity, which is the horny song. Um, there is some very good casting. Who sings Memory? Um, that is uh, Grisabella, and that is Jennifer I want to say Jennifer Hudson. Hudson. J Hudson. Yeah. Yes, I want to say Jennifer Hudson. I hate the song Memory, but um, it's so bad. It's there too is long. one piece of cat. There are two pieces of casting that are very very You're good, wrong. or at least one that's I'm good. Not wrong. One You're piece wrong. of casting no, that is amazing, and one piece of casting that gives me very high hopes, and that is one that cast Ian McKellen as Gus the theater cat who has a whole song about him and that he sings a second verse of about how he used to be this youthful and lively, amazing theater cat, but now he has palsy. And it's like his basically, like the plot of Cats is basically all the cats introducing themselves and saying why they should be chosen to die and go to the heavy side lair to be reborn. And Gus literally like... I need to like actually like listen. I, it's for, a, first I need to listen it, to Cats. Some of it's very cool. Then I need to actually like watch a production of Cats because oh. I have no... I have no very little it's about. A vi- it's visually, it's a stunning show. I'll tell you what I do know about Cats. That memory is a great song. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, but the other one is that McCavity, who is the main villain, but is only on stage for like maybe five minutes, is being played by Idris Elba, which makes me think they're probably going to give him his own song, which would be fucking sick. I have a thought about this whole like CGI, like super, like this it's, weird... I mean, it, it's stunt casting. It's... I, my thought on it is just, like, I feel... Okay, if I'm going to a pro- live production of Cats, I feel like part of the, like, thing that makes it so great is, like, it's that whole suspension of disbelief where, like, the, there are people wearing, like, odd clothing, but it's meant to signify that they're cats. Yeah, and it's, there's a level of symbolism that the audience has to accept and that is actually very fun when you accept. And then also there's the amount of effort being put in by the actors to physically embody... Like, when we did one scene from Cats in my musical theater class... We literally spent, like, 10, 15 minutes just learning how to, like... And, like, it, it was shit. It was all shit. But we were, like, had a whole thing where we learned how to, like, curve our hands properly so that we had this, like, sort of soft paw movement. And all of our movements were very flowy. You described it as, like, how you would do, like, flamenco hands. Yeah, it was very, like... Flamenco hands. We're all doing it now, but you can't see because this is an audio medium. It's contagious. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun to play along. Um... Well, like, the reason that they did it was because they wanted to have good dancers play the cats and have celebrity faces that they could stick on the cat faces. But also they gave the grown so cats titties. So you're telling me that, like, none of these actors are actually going to be doing any of their own dancing? Oh, almost definitely not. Almost certainly not. The dancing is too hard. Uh, Taylor Swift can't dance. That's what the Shake It Off video was about. I'm so offended. Like, there is a number called like, Mungo Jerry and Rumpel Teaser about these two cats who are, like, cat burglars. And literally the whole number is about them doing acrobatics. And there is, in the original choreography, there is a thing where they, like, one of them does a cartwheel and then grabs the other one by the waist. And then they do that continuous cartwheel thing where they're holding on to each other. And it's like, do you think Taylor Swift can do that? Do you think old ass, isn't Judy Dench in this movie? I don't know. No. Some old woman's in this movie. You think she's It she is do Judy anything? Dench, and don't speak ill about Dame Judy Dench. I'm not speaking ill about Dame Judy Dench. I'm just saying she's old as shit and she can't do a cartwheel. She also probably Fair point. Want- ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, it looks like shit. It is 
the, here are the four horror horsemen of the apocalypse. It is um, Sonic. Sonic. <laughs> it is Sonic, Cats. Oh shit! What else was it? What else? Uncanny Valley happened in oh. animation. That's I don't um, know, that just the refrigerator. Refri- or the, the yes, Papa video was very <laughs> <laughs> triggering to uh, me personally. Yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like this movie is a very big loss for costume design. Yeah. Um, that's my biggest qualm with it. However, I am fully going to watch it because it looks so weird. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get like 100 percent and go watch this stupid cat movie. Absolutely, absolutely Again. fucking fried. Yeah, like that's my plan. I was yeah. just like, I was like, it looks super weird, but I think I like that. <laughs> Man, the Sonic trailer sure was bad. Oh, I can't wait for the Sonic movie. I can't wait for the sexy egg doctor. <laughs> I can't wait for Jim Carrey playing the sexy egg doctor. Man, Detective Pikachu really was a blessed moment in time for us. Yeah, honestly. We didn't deserve that as we, a species. We, yeah, we as a species don't deserve Detective Pikachu. I couldn't care less about it. It was very cute. It's just very pretty to look at, and it's like just, a testament to what you can do with good animation. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I'm dying, and my Same. name is Dirty. Uh, everyone else is wrong. This is great. At least eighty percent of the cats in that trailer are fake. Are what? <laughs> <laughs>